Welcome to The Outpouring with Executive Pastor Bob Oliver of the New Covenant Church of Philadelphia. There's nobody like him. He alone is worthy. We love calling his name. We love being in his presence because there's joy in his presence. Just to behold him, his beauty, his splendor. Lord, we adore you today. We want your kabod. We desire your presence. And we're so grateful that you inhabit the praises of your people. And that's why we praise you. We want you to take a habitation with us. Take your seat today. Walk up and down in the midst of this candlestick. God, we bless you. We honor you. We adore you. We've come to hear you. Somebody needs to hear him today. Correction. We all need to hear him today. We've come to hear him. Let every other voice keep silent. The Lord is in his holy tabernacle. Let all the earth keep silent. Father, we thank you for the privilege of being a vessel today. And although I stand before your people with feet of clay, you have made this earthen vessel, vessel to be filled with heavenly treasures that the excellency of the power would never be of us but of you. Show forth your power today. Speak a word that's clear to all, to those who know you, to those who know you well, and to those who've never met you. Speak with perfect clarity to each of us because we've come to hear you today. And now, Lord, increase, increase, increase in the hearing of the hearers. In Jesus' name, amen. So grateful to God to come into your homes or wherever you are once again. It's raining outside. But it doesn't matter because you don't have to leave your abode. And wherever you are, whatever time zone you're in, the Spirit of God is there because the Lord our God is one. And what we love and appreciate about him is he is so faithful. Even when we stray, he seeks after us faithfully. He'll leave the 99 to go and get the one. And today I believe he has a word. He has a word for you. He has a word for me. He has a word for us all. And the subject today is simply hear him. Hear him. There are many voices in the world. Some are mere distractions. Some are the voices of false prophets. 
Some are the voices. I, I read something the other day where the trend of those who are atheists is growing at such a rate that they are now evangelizing. I never thought I would hear or see in my lifetime where atheists would evangelize their unbelief and have an audience to hear them. There are commercial ads, you've probably seen them with Ronald Reagan Jr., unabashed atheist, who does not fear burning in hell. It's because he doesn't think, when you don't think God is real, you don't believe anything is real. And so today, we've come to hear him. We're going to shut out all those other voices. Let every man be a liar, but let God's word be true. We're going to begin, we're going to read a few verses, but we're going to begin with two verses in the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew 17, verses 4 and 5. And it reads, Peter then answered and said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, let us make here three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and suddenly a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. Hear him. There's just a few things I want to point out in this text. There were three disciples on the mountain, Peter, James, and John, his inner circle. Although there were 12 of them, there were places he took those three that the other nine uh, did not go. And in a moment of a mountaintop experience, Peter said, Lord, if you wish, if it pleases you, let's build three tabernacles here. Let's stay here. I like it here. In the meantime, the nine were down in the valley struggling, trying to bring healing to a son whose father brought him to them. But at that moment, Peter liked the way it felt. He liked what he saw on the mountaintop. And for those of us who've had mountaintop experiences, it feels good. But it's not the will of God that we stay on the mountain. And what he saw was Jesus talking to Elijah and to Moses. And I want you to notice a pattern. We're going to read uh, some more scripture, and you'll see this pattern. That while Peter was speaking, a voice from heaven interrupted him and said, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. We know that that voice was God our Father. But we don't know it because God said, I am God the Father. He didn't say that. He identifies himself with his son. 
We know it's him because he says, this is my son. So we know it was the father who was speaking. The point that God wants us to see is he identifies in this dispensation with his son. The writer of Hebrews said in sundry times or in times past and in various places, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he speaks to us by his son. And he said, hear him. I know you're excited to see the, the prophet Elijah. I know you're excited to see Moses, who is also a prophet, but is the deliverer, the lawgiver. The lawgiver and the prophet coming together with the Messiah. You get to see the whole counsel of God, but God is saying, the counsel that I send is coming through my son. If you, what God was saying is, if you want to talk to me, hear him. If you want to hear from me, hear him. If you want to know what I'm like, hear him him. Enough talking, Peter. Stop talking. Hear him. I believe we're in a season, beloved, where God is saying, my beloved son is speaking. I need you to hear him. All these other voices are not. Hear him. There's a lot of noise going on, but I need you to hear him. And there's a time where we need to cease from talking. We need to shut off social media. We need to turn off our favorite program and hear him because clarity of direction is in him. His word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. His word is pure. It makes wise even the simple. The word of God is right. And John, the beloved, after Jesus went back to glory, got a revelation. He said, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God, and that word was God. He understood that Jesus was the word. Jesus wasn't the word because he began in the beginning. He was the word because the beginning began in him. I'm talking about somebody that there's nobody like. Hear him. He was misunderstood in his day because he's complicated. We're going to learn some lessons from Peter today, but I want to be clear that Jesus is the subject. In the church of God, the motto is Jesus is the subject, and I agree with that 100%. Jesus is the subject. Hear him. He's complicated because we know in part and Peter had a proclivity or a propensity to think at times of himself in ways that were not consistent with his calling, with his purpose, or even with what the Lord saw in him. I'm so glad he sees things in us before we see it in ourselves. He sees things in us that we may never see, but if we walk in our purpose, he'll make it manifest. He will make it manifest. Hear him. Just a few more things before we go to our next text. As Jesus walked this earth and he ministered, he was the revelation of God. He was the fullness of the Godhead bodily. He was the word of God. He said, the word that I speak, their spirit and their life. But people had a hard time understanding 
who he really was. He couldn't tell them everything, not even his disciples. He said, I have many things to say unto you, but you are not ready to hear them. There was a time he was speaking to some Pharisees and scribes. You have scholarly people who know the word, and he made a statement that they said, that can't be true. What, who in the world are you saying you are? You're, you're blasphemous. He said, before Abraham was, I am. They said, you're not even 50 years old. How, how can you say that? If Jesus could have talked frankly, he would have said, I'm older than I look. I'm older than I look. You're judging me on a, on a lifespan. But I was before I came through the womb. Because I didn't just come into being when I came through Mary's womb. In fact, if you can handle this, Jesus would have said, I'm older than my mother and I'm the same age as my father. That doesn't fit logic. That is now how, not how we came to be. That's not rational. That's not how we think. And so we know in part, we get to know him by revelation. And that's why God said, hear him. If you want to understand the things of God, if you want to understand heavenly things, hear him. He's older than his mother who birthed him. And he's the same age as his father. He was before the beginning. All things came from him and through him. But Peter and the other disciples saw him as a Messiah who was going to conquer. Their view, their worldview was earthly. It was militaristic. It was to take over Rome who had their feet on their neck. They were oppressed. And just like Moses brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, their expectation was that Jesus had come to take them out of Rome. But God's plans are so much bigger than ours. And there are times in our life, beloved, that things don't make sense. We don't understand it, but God has a purpose, and that's why we need to hear him. And if we hear him, we'll understand it better, and we'll be able to endure. We'll be able to persevere, because the one who endures to the end, the same shall be saved. Let's go a little further. In Luke 22... Verses 54 through 62, it reads, Having arrested him, they led him and brought him into the high priest's house. But Peter followed at a distance. Now when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat among them, and a certain servant girl, seeing him as he sat by the fire, looked intently at him and said, This man was also with him. But he denied him, saying, Woman, I do not know him. And after a little while, another saw him and said, you also so are of them. But Peter said, Man, I am not. Then after about an hour had passed, another confidently affirmed, saying, Surely this fellow also was with him, for he is a Galilean. 
But Peter said, man, I do not know what you are saying. Immediately, while he was still speaking. You see that pattern? On the mountaintop, while he was still speaking, God interrupted him. While he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. The sign, the prophetic sign that Jesus had given him happened while he was still speaking. The rooster crowed and the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said to him before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So Peter went went out and wept bitterly. To give context to this, Peter followed Jesus to the Garden of Gethsemane and then all the way to the first place that he was to be tried. And that was Caiaphas, the high priest, where the elders and the, and the scribes were together. But we need to look at his journey a little bit to understand how Peter got in the predicament where he now has to weep before the Lord. If you look at, uh, for those of you taking notes at home, Matthew 26 and verse uh, 36 and 37, we see something here that's interesting. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to the disciples, sit here while I go and pray over there. Now he's talking to the disciples. He doesn't name Bartholomew and James and everyone. He just says generically to the disciples. But in verse 37, and he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee. And he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. The sons of Zebedee were James and John. He doesn't even mention them in Matthew's gospel. Matthew is trying to give us some insight. Peter was the one who was chosen for leadership. What he said and what he did had an impact on the others. And so when Jesus called the three of them, he took with him Peter and the sons of Zebedee. He had confidence in Peter. He depended on him. Peter, unfortunately, was overconfident in himself. When the Lord said that you're going to deny me, Peter, nope, not me. Everybody else not might, but not I. What mistake did he make and how, what can we learn from it? Let's go to verse 40 real quick in Matthew 26 and take a closer look. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. Now Jesus is in the garden. He's in great distress He's praying, he's agonizing, he knows what's about to happen to him. He takes his three most intimate disciples, his inner circle. He calls out Peter, and when he comes back, they're sleeping. He wakes them up, goes a rock's throw away, prays again, they're sleeping again. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, there's three of them there. But he said to Peter, 
What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Peter couldn't watch one hour. His sleep was more important than tarrying with the Savior. But when Jesus told them what was going to happen after he was arrested, Peter said, no, not me. The rest of them might. I am going to stay. I will die before that happens. He rejected the word of the Lord. At that point, Peter needed to hear him. And because he didn't hear him and he trusted in himself, he ended up in a pretty dire situation where he was broken. He wept bitterly, the Bible says. Now Peter, when the soldiers finally came to get Jesus, I'm certain he had a moment of confidence because when they approached him, he took out his sword, cut off the ear. He loved Jesus. He was willing to defend him. He cut off the ear of the soldier. But Jesus said, you don't understand. How else would the scripture be fulfilled, Peter, except this happening? He took the man's ear and he healed him. I'm sure Peter was perplexed. He's like, they're trying to arrest you. I'm trying to save you and you healing him. But Jesus, even in his agony, never lost sight of his purpose. He said, this has to happen in order for the scripture to be fulfilled because Jesus had just prayed. If there's another way, he realizes there's no other way. And God clarified for him why this is the way. And I believe in that moment, clearly Jesus understood that I am the way. That I've got to do this because this is the only way to salvation. And although Peter was brave in an instant and cut off the ear, Jesus told him, don't do that. Those who live by the sword shall die by the sword. Put away your sword. You don't understand that this must happen. When Peter now leaves the garden as Jesus is being arrested. I want to lift up one verse. And that's verse 55 where it says, but Peter, uh, 54, but Peter followed at a distance. But Peter followed at a distance. There are too many of us following him, but we're following at a distance. We need to keep our distance because of our reputation or what people might think. Peter was warming his hand in the fire of those who were against Jesus. And so he, wanted, he had to go along to get along. He wanted to fit in with people who weren't of the tribe or a follower of Jesus. And after saying emphatically, that I will die. If you look at Matthew 26 and 35, here's what Peter said. Peter says this to Jesus. Instead of hearing him, he's talking to him. When we need to hear him, we should stop talking. There's a time to just hear him. Jesus just told him what was going to happen. He was going to deny him. But Peter said to him, even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And so said all the disciples. There are two things 
at least, that we need to see here. First of all, Peter is saying something when he ought to be listening, when he ought to be hearing. But the influence that Peter had, when Peter said it, all the other disciples said it. Jesus called Peter out and singled him out because he saw a leader in him. He saw Petros. He saw a stone. He knew that Peter had some growing to do, but that the day would come where Peter was going to be a solid rock. He was going to be a solid leader. His personality was sanguine. He would be the first to speak, and he would be the first often to be wrong. He would say, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And then in the next breath, Jesus would have to say, get behind me, Satan. You savor the things of men and not of God. Peter was complicated, but Jesus saw something in him. And for those of you who are following him from a distance, he's saying today, hear him. He loves you. And as Peter was in his sorrow, Jesus looked at him with loving eyes. He looked at him with affirming eyes, with approval. He's so faithful. Even when we're not faithful, he's still faithful. He looked at Peter, and that's what caused Peter to weep bitterly. He realized that I didn't hear him when he spoke. I should have listened. I should have, when he spoke to me, said, Lord, strengthen me. Lord, help me. Lord, help my unbelief. But I trusted in my own strength. And because I trusted in my own strength, I'm broken now. I'm weak. I'm disappointed in myself. I'm bitter. And he's weeping in a corner all by himself. But he wasn't alone because Jesus looked toward him and affirmed him and said, I know what's in you. I knew you were going to do this. I told you before you did it. It's all right. You didn't know it because you trusted in yourself. Peter, have you learned? Trust in me. I'll never let you down. Even when you disappoint yourself, I'll look at you with affirming eyes because I know what's in you. I put it in you. I want you to come closer. There's no reason for you to follow me at a distance. You can come close. You can come close to me. God is saying to somebody, I know that you feel unworthy to come close. You're following me at a distance because you're ashamed. You're following me at a distance because you're disappointed in yourself. But I hope you can see my gaze towards you. I hope you sense my approval of you. I know what's in you. I put it in you. And I'm going to bring it out. Come closer. Come closer. You don't have to follow me at a distance. I understand that your eyes have been where they shouldn't have been. But... I still want you to come closer because if you come closer, you can hear me better. You won't have to listen to those voices that you are denying me because of. All those voices are voices that are designed to pull you away from me. It caused you to deny me the one who came to save you. Do you know that the beatings that I'm taking, Peter, are for you because in that room... While Jesus looked out at Peter, Caiaphas, the high priest, was questioning him. Caiaphas questioned him before Pontius Pilate did. The first place they took him was to Caiaphas. And they beat him in the face and said, prophesy to us, who hit you? They beat him. They spat on him. They mocked him. But in his pain, he still loved. 
oh God, that we would learn to love in our pain. God, that we would learn to love through our shame. I pray that we would know that we don't have to follow you from a distance, that we can come close. Somebody who's following him from a distance, he wants you to hear him. You ought to pause and go and have the intercessors pray with you. Because in that time of prayer, you're going to hear him. He loves you. He knows what you did. He knows what's in your heart. He knows before you do it that you were going to do it. Just as Peter was foretold what he was going to do, the mistake that Peter made is he trusted in his own strength more than he trusted in the word of God. Rather than asking for help, he said, no, not me. I'll never deny you. And because Peter followed him from a distance, all the other ten followed him from a distance. You have no idea those who you influence, those who are watching you, what you say and what you do. But Jesus is saying, come closer. I want to be closer to you. But I can only be closer to you if you come close to me. The Bible says, draw nigh unto God and he'll draw nigh unto you. He's waiting for us to make the first move. Let's not be like Peter and follow him from a distance because of the other voices, those voices that will soon stop. There's something about Jesus. You can't outlive him and you can't live without him. They tried to stop him. They thought the cross was going to be his end, but the cross was the beginning of our redemption. The, the plan of God is such that you can't figure it out, but God is so wise, but he has us, our best interest in mind. He did it all for us. The suffering that Jesus went through, it was for Peter who denied him. He still stayed with him. And the good news is the day would come where Peter would rejoice because he got beat like Jesus. The Sanhedrin beat him after he healed the man and told him, don't preach, don't teach anymore in his name. And Jesus said, be it known unto you that in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, this man stands before you whole. And he went on to say, there is no other name given under heaven among men whereby we must be saved. He went from being a denier to you can't make me doubt him. I know too much about him. You can't make me doubt him in my heart. Peter came closer and instead of denying him, he rejoiced in suffering. He knew that was fellowship with Jesus. He even got closer. There was a day when people were sick and they brought the sick folk into the city and they went and got Peter because that leader that Jesus saw in him others were now seeing it he's now the chief apostle he's the spokesman for Jesus Christ he's standing up in front of great people who don't understand how can he do it these ignorant and unlearned men but the one thing they took note of is they've been with Jesus G Peter who denied him now you have great people in authority, senators and kings and priests taking note that he's been with Jesus. He hadn't been to school, he's just a fisherman.
hanging around stinking fish, but he's been with Jesus and therefore he had authority. And so they brought these people. There were so many people, he couldn't lay hands on all of them. But the Bible said that Peter's shadow, oh God, may we come so close that there's anointing even in our shadows. God, I pray that every denier, everyone who follows you at a distance would come close. God, let your presence be in our shadow that if we just walk by, people are better. Their depression goes away. Those who can't walk, rise up and walk. Peter didn't have to say a word. He didn't lay hands on them. He just walked by. And the Bible says even his shadow healed him, healed them. You can go from the hall of shame to the hall of fame with the heroes of faith if you just come close. He'll come close to you if you come close to him. Today, I beseech you by the mercies of God, hear him. There's so many voices that are confused, are confusing. There are people, it breaks my heart, who love God, who are following cons conspiracies and things that are just not right. It's not because they've fallen out of love with God. They're hearing the wrong voices. Hear him. Jesus said in the last days, the love of many will grow cold and there will be a great falling away. But the ones who endure to the end, they shall be saved. The only way we have endurance is to hear him. Because when we follow him, we stay on the straight and on the narrow. All other voices need to be silenced. We need to follow him. Hear him. Somebody chat at me. Hear him. Encourage somebody. Hear him. If Peter would have heard him when he spoke his word, he would have saved himself some grief. But I want to encourage you, every one of you who may have been in a season, and maybe you're in a season right now where you're following him at a distance, out of fear, out of confusion or whatever the reason might be his gaze is turned towards you his loving eyes are looking at you affirming you he's faithful even if we deny him he cannot deny himself he cannot deny himself one day when the Pharisees were talking to him in the 8th chapter of John, when he said, made the statement about Abraham, Jesus said, I, my testimony is true, but you don't believe me. He said, if I deny myself, I would be a liar like you. And then he went on to say, you, you, you listen, you hear your father, the devil. He said, but my father, I don't do anything. I don't say anything except I hear it from my father. I don't do anything except I see my father do it. And that's why the father identifies with his son. This is my beloved son. Hear him. He didn't introduce himself. He introduced himself by association with his son. He's telling us that the way, the truth, and the life is in him. Hear him. 
He's complicated. It's not simple to understand. As he was talking to the scholars of his day and they called him the son of David, he said, hmm, David, am I David's son? And he quoted Psalm 110 and 1. He said, then why does David say, the Lord said unto my Lord, sit here on my right hand until I make your enemies my foot, your footstool. The scholars were confounded. But what Jesus was trying to do was introduce light. They thought they had it, but they dwelt in darkness. And he was trying to introduce light. You go one chapter further in John, in the ninth chapter, there was a blind man who was born from birth blind, and Jesus healed him. And he said, this happened not because his parents sinned, not because he sinned, it's for the glory of God, that the glory of God would be revealed. And then he talked to the rulers of the synagogue who excommunicated that family, who kicked them out. And he said to them, because you think you see, you remain blind. He said, if you don't believe that I am he, if you don't believe that I am who I say I am, you're going to die in your sins. But if you would admit that you're blind, then your eyes would be open. He was telling them the reason I did this miracle was not just to heal him, but was to speak a word to you. I wanted to get your attention so that you know that you're blind. You think that this man's blindness was because of sin, and you don't realize that your sin have you blind, and you're walking around pious. You're teaching others. And that's why he said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. Because they speak all these things. They put all these burdens on widows and they don't lift a finger. Hear him. There are many voices and he spoke to the voices of his day that were teaching people supposedly the way of God. But they didn't hear him. Peter, who was in his intimate inner circle, trusted in himself more than he trusted in him and because he didn't hear him and we see twice in the scripture once God himself while he was still speaking told him to hear him and then the prophetic symbol of the rooster crowing interrupted him while he was still speaking so what can we learn from Peter that there's a time to speak and there's a time to keep silent we're in a season where we need to hear him. We need to hear him like never before. We need to hear him. Sometimes from the pulpit, we can't hear him because we're so focused on numbers that we miss the true riches. We miss the true riches. We're focused on followers. And we don't hear him because what that does, beloved, I need you to hear this. What that does is it cause, causes ministers of the gospel to scratch itching ears. And itching ears is not hearing him because he spoke the truth. The person in the whole Bible who spoke about hell the most was Jesus not because he wanted to send people to hell, but because he wanted to keep them from hell. I think there are more atheists that are rising up because they don't believe God is real, so they don't believe hell is real. 
the fool has said in his heart that there is no God. We need to hear him. I believe that God is going to do something. He's going to do something supernatural. He's going to do something that causes many to come. That doesn't mean that the church is going to all of a sudden swell with numbers. I asked God as I was preparing this, how is it, Lord, that there's going to be such a great harvest when the trend in the church is that in the first time, for the first time in recorded history in America, 47%, less than 50% affiliate with any religion. That's Jew, Christian, Muslim. Anything. They don't, they don't trust. There's a generation who just don't trust institutions. And they see church as an institution. Church is not an institution. Church is the body of Jesus Christ. And so that's why we've got to hear him. So that people who lack understanding can get understanding. But God let me see clearly that the harvest is going to be that of true believers, those who endure, because those who fall away because of itching ears will heap to themselves teachers. But God is looking for those who are hungry, who are thirsty, who can't live without him, who just who love him, who really adore him, who want to come close to him who sing with melodies in their heart just to be close to you. I just want to be close to you. God, I don't come asking for anything except your presence. I just want you. I need you. You're the air I breathe. It's your breath in my lungs. I need you. I can't do without you. I can't live another second without you. I need you. I desire you. I want you. I want you more than my career. I want you more than my bank account. I want you more than my stock portfolio. I want you more. I need you. I can't make it without you. And God, I love you for your sacrifice. The sacrifice you made for such a one as I. God, as many times as I've disappointed you, you've never taken your gaze away. You've looked with this affirming love and let me know that you love even through all of that because nothing catches you by surprise. You're all seeing. You're all knowing. You're all wise. There's nothing hard for you. And so God, today, today, we say we want to hear you and only you give us the courage to hear you. Let us not warm ourselves by the fire of those who deny you. Let us not want to be in the number of those who want to get along in the world. Because we're in the world, but not of the world. And God, I know that it's not your desire that you take us out of the world, but that you keep us from the evil one. I pray now for your people that you would keep them from the evil one that he would not touch anything that pertains to your people. Nothing, nothing shall be defiled. God, I thank you for garments that are white, that are unspotted and without blemish.
raise up your ecclesia, gather us together. Because whoever doesn't gather with you is scattering abroad. God, we commit to gathering with you. To gathering with you. It's not about space. It's not about time. It's about your presence. We gather right now in your presence. Wherever we are in the world, it's your presence. There's nowhere that you're not. Even if we make our bed in hell, you're there with us. If we take the wings of the morning, your right hand shall lead us. There's nowhere we can flee from your presence and we acknowledge that and so God we want to hear you help us touch our ears touch our ears so our inner ear can hear you cleanse our hearts so that we have such sensitivity that we hear you even in a crowd we'll hear you give us the kind of sensitivity that our Lord had when he's thronged in a crowd, he says, who touched me? Who touched me? God, let the virtue in us be so sensitive that we know when you're drawing it out of us. Draw virtue from your people that we might know that somebody needs a touch. Somebody needs a touch. Touch somebody right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, somebody's hearing you now. Somebody needs you, Lord. Somebody's in trouble, Lord. Let them know that your gaze is towards them. Touch them now. Let them know undeniably that you're with them, that you're there, and that you'll never leave. You are so faithful. God, we thank you. You are so faithful. There's none like you. There's nobody like you. And God, we adore you. It's you alone that we worship is you alone that we praise God break down every idol break down every idol God we destroy the altars of Baal in the city in the field we cast down every idol of Baal I pray that the courage of Zerubbabel or Gideon would be released in every house that the altars of their fathers would fall down. Let Baal fall on his face. And God, I pray that you touch those who don't know you. Have the courage to speak what Gideon's father said. If Baal be God, let him fight for himself. That people might know who the true and living God is. God, touch that generation who's walked away from you. Who don't believe in anything. God, I pray that you would raise up in that generation those who would declare their generation we say it is so and so it is God I pray that your presence your presence just your presence will cause the depression that some are feeling to leave the ideas the ideas that are in their mind take it away life is worth living your life is valuable. Don't believe that lie. You're worth it. It's a lie. The devil is lying to you. You are worth it. God, do something great with their life. Show them the purpose and the plans that you have for them. It's not over for you. It's not over. Just as they thought it was over on the cross, God had a new beginning. The one who began the beginning is beginning a good work in you. And I want you to know that he's saying to you right now, he who has started 
a good work in you is faithful to complete it. He's going to finish the work. Don't be weary and well-doing. You're about to reap if you don't faint. Don't faint now. This is not a time to faint. You're about to reap if you faint not. There are some intercessors waiting to pray with you. I sense in my spirit that there is an overflow of people, an abundance of people who want to come closer. You've been following him, but from a distance. He's saying, come closer. Take another step. Come closer. I want to sup with you. My father and I have been talking about you. Just as we did in the days when we said, let us make man in our image and our likeness. Do you know we've been talking about you before you were born? Before you came from the womb, we've had conversations about you. And just as Peter didn't understand what was in him, the leadership, I saw a rock in him. And I see something in you. I want to reveal it to you. Today, I want you to understand better what it is I have for you. Come closer. He's saying, come closer. His eyes are upon you. If his eyes are on the sparrow, don't you know that he's watching over you? He loves you with an everlasting love. God, we thank you. Help us to hear you. Help us to be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. We want to hear you. We want to hear you. We pray that this ministry has been a blessing to you and your family. To give your gift of love, visit nccop.church giving for all of the ways that you can donate to the ministry. Thank you so much for your generosity and God's blessings until we meet again.